You're listening to BizCraft, a live podcast about the business of web design with Carl the Jellyfish King Smith and Mean Gene Crawford. Welcome to the Dirt. I'm Tim Wright, and today I'm here with Steve Hickey. Hello. Hello, Steve and Mark Grambo. Hey, Tim. Hey, Mark. And today we have a special crossover show with a gentleman from BizCraft, Carl the Jellyfish King Smith and Mean Gene Crawford. Enjoy. Okay, so every time I ask how do we start, I'm actually messing up the flow, aren't I? I thought we already started. Oh, yeah. Just, there there was, you go. I'm done. This is the good stuff. This is the end of it. <laughs> well, I don't know. We've, we've got really high standards, guys. we, we <laughs> Do I'm prepared. We? I opened all five beers beforehand so that you don't hear me opening them during the show. Appreciate That's that. That's thinking really ahead. Class. That's good. That's good. That's good. Professional. Professional. Well, we had a, a whole list of topics, and we think that uh, the death of original design, what we settled on, was was pretty good, and we can we can certainly run our mouths for a while oh, yeah. about that. And we got we, opinions. We kind of internally we broke it up into a couple buckets. There's Cool. The uh, the customer building of the the website, and then the in house like the agency sort of building the website with the theme in the platform, and then how does this all affect the business yeah. end of things? This is versus a fully custom right. build. And I, yeah, and right. I feel yeah. like we've started the show at that point. Yeah, I think that's a show. Point. We're in, we're in a show right now. I think we're doing the show right now. We're doing a crossover show. All right then. So Tim, who killed original design then? Time of death, twenty fourteen. <laughs> no more original design, gentlemen. Circa November. <laughs> so actually, I was interested. I think, I don't know if it was uh, Carl or Gene who suggested this as a topic, but I, I was curious because this is a, a topic I hear come up a lot. A lot of folks frustrated with templatizing, and, and, and I want to know what about 2014 makes this feel big suddenly, you know, because I, I feel like I hear this argument. This is one of these cyclical things I hear a lot. And what, what are you feeling right now? I'll jump in. I think a big part of it is there's so many shops struggling mm -hmm. that they're looking for reasons. Mm. You know, this has probably been around for a while, but now we're starting to go, you know what? A lot of the shops have been building these themes, right? They mm. did it to supplement income. Uh, there are a lot of well-known shops that are pulling in a few thousand dollars a month based on themes that they've developed. But you know what? Those themes were really good work. And when you're talking to a client about original design, uh, you know, development may be a little bit different. And we're not talking about apps here, but more straight up marketing sites. Are you going to spend $30,000 to come up with something based on best practices and research mm -hmm. that ends up looking a lot like a best practice and research template that's put out there? So it's a tough question. Yeah, I mean, yeah. What, do you, what do you guys consider original design because we know like if you're doing a marketing site the, the you know there's always trends in marketing sites like that giant hero image thing that we see everywhere that we kind of hate but is that ghost buttons ghost yeah. buttons yeah it's got an outline but no background so you can see the giant hero image through it yeah cool yeah. and not read the text in the button of course the text is yeah. less legible but it looks cool well it's, it's called mm -hmm. a ghost button so i'm sold that's ten thousand dollars <laughs> right there uh, um, I wouldn't charge a penny less. You know what's interesting uh, is that do you guys remember when Zeldman redesigned his website like it's like a year ago, a year and a half ago, and everybody was like, 
in a list apart got redesigned too, and they were like, yep. "That's big ass text." Yeah, yeah, that no was likey your... big text. Have you looked at his site now? Did it get smaller? Or no, is go it check same? it out. It's a it's a WordPress template. Oh, hmm. yeah. Right now, Zeldman's site is a WordPress template. Jay Z turned I, WordPress. Boom. I really liked the oversized type. It it felt right once you got used to it a little bit. Well, yeah. he did he did a couple things. He like the initial one I remember he did. He just took the the viewport element out and assumed that people would be reading it on a, a small screen. So he, he really jacked the text up, mm-hmm. like really really aggressively huge, and to the point of where you had to sit far away from your monitor if you were reading it on a desktop. I remember that. It was really just a social experiment. He wanted to see how far he could get people mm-hmm. to move from there. I just thought it was interesting because after <laughs> years of people erring on the side of making their type too small, somebody actually made it too large for once. And you know, if you're going to go somewhere outside of optimal, right, I'd rather have it be too large than too small. Yeah, I'm with you there. And you know, it, people can get upset if they want. It's a copycat industry. Yeah, yeah. I mean, th- those templates yeah. were developed because a certain number of sites had that look and feel, mm-hmm. right? And uh, and when Big Type came out, Big Type came out huge, like yeah. all kinds of people. Started. I know Engine did it, right? Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people started doing it. And now Big Hero images have given way to Big Video. Oh, <laughs> God, I hate that. And we're, and we're on that wagon. Yeah, I know, I know. You know, yeah. it was funny. I was I was meeting with a friend, and uh, she was talking about the new site they'd done and all this kind of stuff, and. And I referenced her over to the Fresh Tilled Soil site, and she was like, oh. Uh-oh. Oh. <laughs> she thought she had come up with something very original. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. <laughs> it was that type of deflation. She didn't even know who you guys were. And I was like, don't feel bad. This is just – it's." I think this is seriously what happens when we start driving everything to this concept of what's working. And some people don't spend the money to do their own research, so they look at a shop they respect and figure they spent the money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Everything should look like Amazon. They're the only ones that really test anything anymore, I think. Do you guys think that these um, these templatized designs are a product of the death of original design or the market responding to a need? Well. Or nothing. Or I'm, or I'm an idiot. Well, I got I to say, I think there's, there's an argument to be had that, that it's about um, the templates getting better. You know, commoditizing happens when... The, the cheap, low-level thing is suddenly good enough. It's indistinguishable to the untrained eye to say, you know, to your point, Carl, am I going to spend $30,000? You're going to spend $30,000 if you can really clearly see the benefit. But when the when Squarespace, for example, or, or Shopify, or if, you know, just stand, some WordPress or Drupal themes are getting strong enough, then all of a sudden you're like, eh, good enough. It looks, looks pretty sharp. I look good. Mm-hmm. I, I look good because I yeah. got a nice site and I didn't, you know, break the bank. Plus, it could be a head start. I mean, and I'm not defending the templates, mm-hmm. right? I, I think you're right to the point of the commoditization. Um, the reality is you can still get in the code on these templates. Yep. Mm-hmm. This could be a head start for you. If, if you mm-hmm. have a design in mind and you do that originally. I mean, we used to have a rule at Engine. Nobody could get on the computer until they had an idea. You had to sketch out that idea at enough of a, a resolution in your pad or whatever so that you could say, okay, this is the idea. Then you could get on your computer so that you wouldn't just grab an old idea and just start there. Well, now if you get close enough and then you see a template that's 90% of the way there and you're able to do you know, full edges or change this or move the nav around or whatever, shit, you save so much time. And, and everybody says content is king, mm-hmm. right? The content's really going to be the difference. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. It's and, and then the template industry struggling too. Everything's struggling. Well, well, the template industry is flooded. 
too. You know, it's it is. Yeah, you can make a really great thing because there's so much. Because a lot of the shops started building templates. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and and uh, you were talking about earlier about the uh, the labor for for why shops are doing it too. I think not only just to put out stuff to make extra income, but um, even if it's not a fully designed template, just start to streamline your processes as well. If if there's squeezing from the bottom and squeezing on margins, then it makes sense to systemize as much as your process as possible, even when you're doing a fully dis- custom thing. Um, Tim, you're talking about a little bit about this, but trying to build some mm-hmm. baseline <clears throat> structures. Yeah. Do you guys think that companies can work within this system, or it's just gone? Like we've lost it entirely. What do you mean, work within this system? Like, take advantage of the commodization and uh, theming trends that were going on, or do we, or does it just need to be completely ignored and dropped, and we need to move on to something else? Are you saying that, that that we need to work at the at the top to you know forget yeah. forget that low level stuff? We're not even competing with that. We're competing on a different level. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know. I think what's going to happen. I think this is a prediction for 2015. Hello, big prediction. I think well, we're going to see we're going to see people say I don't care about best practices as much. I'm going to do something that's a little bit outside of that because I need this content to stand out. You know, it's you look at the color psychology stuff. That stuff comes around every 5 years. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly everything's similar in the way that it looks and then you decide you have to stand out. I mean, Amazon uses gray buttons. At what point is gray like a positive color? <laughs> I would like to buy this depression that you're selling me right now. Fifty shades. Yeah, or if nah. exactly fifty shades of Amazon, um, <laughs> which actually they probably sell all that. Yeah, that's but, a different story. Uh, but but if you look at it, I really think the difference is going to be. I mean, we're not going back to flash animation and everything. But remember when HTML5 first came out, and I think it was uh, Andy Clark and his uh, hard boiled. Uh, HTML5, whatever that yeah. book was, yeah, yeah. that website was so amazing. Yeah, right. It was so much fun and probably way too expensive to build. Right, probably wasn't responsive, but it was different. And I think we'll see a return to different. I think there'll be, yeah. there'll be these opportunities to kind of break out, and it probably go against the grain from what research is saying or best practices. But unless they see a negative impact, I don't know. I, I think. We'll see a little more of the Wild West come back, I hope. Well, I think there's a difference between running after trends for simplicity's sake. or call it, There's a difference between the best practices and the trends. The best practices, you'd hope at least, are the real tried-and-true evergreen ideas that uh, about usability, about how people interact with buttons and forms and accessibility, but that the design trends are the things that someone sticks a flag in the ground, and as you said, everyone goes, oh, that's cool, and we run after it like crazy. And... Part of that you can understand because you want to, you want to look hip and new and cool, um, but you, you know, for for the sake of like looking neat. But it's also because you don't want to look behind either. I mean, I can I can think of a lot of clients we've had or prospects that have said we want to look 2014, we want to look 2015, we want to yeah. look, and and there's a way of thinking that like okay, you want to look like you're on ahead of the curve, but it also means uh, sort of means you want to look like everybody else too. I, I want to look like I, this. I have a way thing. I try to fight that with them when I when I'm explaining it though, like you know. It, Roger Moore looked like he was of his time. If you look at James Bond movies, and then Sean Connery, he works everywhere. So, do you want to be the Roger Moore of websites, or would you rather be Sean Connery and maybe last a little bit longer? That's that's not fair, man. I'm gonna go Sean Connery. I'm gonna go Sean Connery. Uh, yeah, yeah. Go Sean Connery. Look at Roger Moore. What are you gonna do there? It's, yeah, you, it's you, not gonna happen. Just drop Roger Moore into Skyfall, and he stands out like a sore thumb. Connery. Whoa, whoa, whoa. 
water with your lapels. They're super freaking wide. Yeah. What's happening right you now? Take Connery, it seriously. Connery might actually work in there. So yeah. what do you guys think about the, this idea? And I know Carl and I have talked about this. I don't remember if it was on a show or behind the scenes or whatever, but about some of these uh, design leaders kind of going quiet because they're now working, say, in an internal team. Like they go to work at Twitter or Facebook or one of the – I think, Carl, you call them bigs. Yeah, one of the bigs, man. One of the bigs. Apple, so, Google. I mean, like, hmm. like these guys, like, it used to be that, like, Simon Collison, right? When he came out with his, his, his site, everybody kind of crapped their pants, and they were like, damn, that's different. <laughs> but he hasn't done anything since because he's kind of been quiet. He's doing other work, you know. Uh, some of these, they, these guys, these women, guys, they just disappear, you know, for mm-hmm. a little while. Like Samantha Warren, she came out with style tiles and was awesome goes to work for Twitter, we haven't heard from her in like a well, year and a half. That's True. because she gets a, a gag order. They're not allowed to talk once they yeah, get in there. Exactly. I know, but but huh. do you think there's a lot of that? I mean, a lot of these people who were sort of pushing the envelope and creating these things that, like you said, you stick a flag in the ground, they're not they're not doing that. Like, they're physically not doing it. Yeah, I'm optimistic, at least, that there's there are always new people coming. There's always new talent. Sure. On the other hand, it, it is feel like this this vacuum that the West Coast sucks up these great talents. There yeah. Was a, oh, there, this motherfucker. Oh, God damn it. I just, there was like a two- or three-month period back in maybe 2011 or so when Facebook just scooped up two or three fantastic design studios, app companies, one after yes. the other, that just killed me. Oh, was, I, I um, remember that week primarily because of how upset I kept you sitting were. there yeah. staring at the phone, and it just wouldn't ring. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then it rang, and it said LinkedIn, and I just didn't answer. Yeah. Well, why would you? <laughs> Screw it. Yeah. <laughs> no, we have we have seen this uh, in in just doing the podcast. We've uh, interacted with a few people from Google, and I think two of them have said that Google just won't allow them to do like one off right. interviews, like podcasts. Right. And we have uh, another one that said you have to front load the podcast with a disclaimer. Yeah. Before he can actually say anything. Well, like Jeez. a lot of folks with their Twitter accounts, you know, these do not represent the views of the parent organization. You know. Yeah. Meanwhile, we have a. What do we call it? I don't know a ratio or a guess number here or something. Which is what are the odds that you can visit my uh, about page on freshchilledsoil.com and one of the tweets that's auto posted there contains the word fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly, uh, we're not concerned about the opinions of yeah. us coming through on Twitter and being tied to the company. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's why Tim just has just day after day of racist diatribes on Twitter. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> just posted all it's over freshchilledsoil.com. Just, just, just don't like white people. Yeah, that's it. Well, I saw that he registered freshtilledspoil.com. I didn't know what that was. <laughs> now I know. I'll, I'll check it out every day. We uh, Shortly before the show started, we, we went to check if to see if uh, craft.biz was available for you guys. Sorry, it's, it's taken. You can buy it, though. It's available to buy if you want to. You know. Yeah. Craft. Yeah, we have biz. not spent any money on this podcast, if you didn't notice. <laughs> no. <laughs> Minus the initial beers and the continuous beers, we have not really spent much on this podcast. Yeah, the beer is the biggest budget. <laughs> well, and for good reason. Yeah. That's where the content comes from. Taking back to the uh, the template discussion, um, we were talking a little bit about this last night, and, and I every time that I get frustrated with a, a, a template-based comp- company, a Squarespace or someone that, you know, um, WordPress templates, uh, and it feels frustrating again that we're we're competing with that. I'm reminded that we're really we're not competing with that in the customer's eye. Uh, Steve and I uh, used to work at uh, Vistaprint, um, where you can buy you know business cards, banners, and stuff for your for your small business. And I would get frustrated a lot of the time because I'm this you know 
design nerd and I want you know every company to have this great unique logo and great unique business card. And I'm like, well, why would you want a banner with the same design that all these other companies have? Because you can choose from all this, you know, fine, but like clipardy, you know, beautiful grass if you're a lawn company or something, and you just put <laughs> your text on. And there will probably be a hundred other companies that have that image in the background and that font, yeah. but it's your name. And it got me really frustrated. But then I started to realize, you know, that wasn't competing with some design firm that's going to cost you an arm and a leg to get a really beautiful um, design. They're competing with nothing. You know, the alternative for the customer is I'll just do this myself. I'll print something mm-hmm. out. Maybe I'll ask my yeah. niece or nephew to do it for, you know, 20 bucks. And that the design firm is at this other level. And the, the problem is what I'm saying where the design is getting good enough where that's fine if the design is only at this, like, you know, 20% quality scale. The moment that these template-based designs start getting to be up to the 30, the 40, the 50, the 60, they get higher and higher in quality, um, then it starts to nip at the tails of, of the high-end industry. Well, does it? Um, I, the, your, your episode, the last BizCraft episode made me pee a little. <laughs> <laughs> That was our goal. <laughs> Good. Specifically, Mission accomplished. <laughs> Another social experiment. You got it. Um, you know, one of the things for me, this happened recently. So like, early on with BizCraft, Gene was talking about having sponsors. It probably was a good idea, right? And I, I had this purist mentality of I don't want to have sponsors. And one of the sponsors that showed up was Squarespace. Yeah. And I said, you know what? Do we want the people listening to our show to feel like we're taking a couple of hundred bucks from a company that wants to put them out of business? Is that what we want to do? You know, it was a defensive mentality. It was it was really absolutely I, I look back at it now and and I realize Squarespace is a tool. You know what? And it's gonna be right for some people. It's not gonna be right for others. This is right for the people listening to, to us. I don't know. I I mean we could ask them. There's only four. Well, but well, I'll tell you. Actually, I'm I'm rebuilding my site now, and I'm not a developer. I'm a designer. I'm an illustrator, and I just speak development enough to work with Tim, and I I get it. But you're not going to have me make production code. And my my current website is something I did do, and it's held together with scotch tape. And I said, you know what? I need a new site, and I said Squarespace. Sure. Not, not even sense. duct tape. Yeah. It's not even duct tape. No, it's scotch. I didn't even. I, and look, I my my wife is a paper artist and bookbinder. Can I tell you how much tape we have in our house? I went right for the scotch tape, <laughs> none of the fancy stuff. Um, so I went for Squarespace for doing this revision of my site because yeah. I, you know, it fits my needs. Yeah. And, and there's some people that really like the API that Squarespace has, and they're able to, to tap into it and do some really cool stuff. Some of the sites that people showed me, but but what got me one day was, and, and this was a a sad day a friend of mine passed away a little bit under a year ago and uh, and one of the guys that works at engine uh put together a site that was just kind of a, a diary of what was going on. it was while he was on his last legs in a coma and uh, i went to the site and i reached out to the designer i was like this is did somebody help you with this this is really good and he goes no it's squarespace and i was like i don't like taylor swift i know i don't like taylor swift and i was just sitting there looking at it going <laughs> Why am I suddenly asking him who helped him? Because I like this Squarespace site, you know, and maybe they knew that this diary concept was going to be a popular concept and e-commerce concepts going to be a popular concept. We need to realize that the people that come to us, that come to an engine or a fresh chilled soil or period three, they probably have custom needs, right? And these templates probably won't fit. These go. custom needs, right? And engines more into the product design space anyway, because we got squeezed out of the marketing site space. We right. couldn't compete with the five thousand dollar bar site, 
right? There's just yeah. no way we're going to be able to, to do that. Or we just focus on the design side and let let the you know the the CMS be what it is. But but the other thing I want to say quickly is, so we started in 2003. I I, I got my start around '96. We hosted a website for the NFL because there weren't any hosting companies. But then, yeah, there start being hosting companies. Right? Did did we sell out when we started going to somebody at the hosting company? No. Okay, then you build the site that you have to update because there's no such thing as a content management <laughs> system. And then you have to put it into a content management system, but the code really sucks and all this stuff. So did you sell out when you went to the CMS? No. We all finally adopted it. I think we're at the beginning of a, a new phase of adoption yeah. where we just realized that these templates are something that are for some clients are going to be fine. While we're creating the more sophisticated or complicated or whatever solution, they're probably going to need a marketing site. And we probably just have to get over ourselves and realize, do we want to spend the money on the product or on the marketing site? More mm -hmm. than likely, we should grab the $50 template, customize it, make sure it's amazing content mm -hmm. and move forward. Yeah, I think you're right. We have to remember that if we're designers, we solve problems, right? And that's the core of what we do. That's a Not fucking lie, Gene Crawford. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't solved a problem in 12 years. Carl. Create, created a few. <laughs> 13 years ago, well, 14 years ago, I solved the problem of how to no longer solve problems. Yeah, I married my wife, and she fixed all the problems. Well, there you go. <laughs> there you That's go. how it works. Um, no, but she I, likes I, me right now, so let's not screw that up. Okay. <laughs> Gene, I think you've got the right point. It's that um, it's, we fight so hard to tell the world that design is not just how it looks. It's how it works. Yeah. And then when we see trends like this happen, we start to freak out, and we forget that design is how things work and not just how it looks. And so we have to sort of step back and say – Stop freaking out. Yeah. We are still hi – we're hired for our brains, and those brains manifest in the form of design and the form of really great, clean code. That's right. It's kind of like ego, right? We get, like, all kind of verklempt because it's a template, and we're like, ah, fuck that. You know, I don't – but maybe you need to work with that, you yeah, know? We, we just reflexively hate it because we've we've told ourselves. Yeah, but just get over yourself a little bit. I, I also really I like hate templates. I also really liked hearing Gene say verklempt in, like, a mild southern accent. It was pretty great. That's pretty awesome. You I'm like not, it? I'm not. I'm not accustomed to it. It was really exciting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, I'm done. Yeah, I think that's the show. Right <laughs> that's there. it. That's a wrap. <laughs> so, I really think the way things look does matter, mm. right? Mm -hmm. I think. I mean, we do judge books by their cover, or we wouldn't say not to do it. Oh yes, absolutely. You know, and and we do like pretty things. You know, somebody the other day said, oh, so he makes it pretty? I'm like, yeah, and that's what yeah. you pay for. That's right. <laughs> you know what? Because when everything looks the same, you get in the shiny red one. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the, the look matters. If, if something doesn't excite you, you don't give it a chance. Hmm. And, and I think we lose that a little bit when we start. everything starts to look the same. And, and again, with the templates, there aren't four of them. There are thousands yeah. It's insane. I was sitting down with one of our designers yesterday, and he was showing me all of these different – and there's one that looked not unlike our site, you know, that we spent mm -hmm. a lot of time kind of iterating and, and throwing out there. But I was like, damn, you know, what are we going to do? It's like it's we've all fallen into this pop culture mentality of what these site designs are, mm -hmm. and now, now they're playing on every mm -hmm. station. It's kind of – Yeah, we were talking about yesterday – 
balancing, like from, we don't own companies, obviously, but from the standpoint of someone who has employees, how do you balance the uh, bringing in cool projects with the having to deal with these templates that maybe the people who work there don't want to deal with? that makes sense well we were talking about the balance of you know exciting projects versus projects that pay the bills you know that there's it's a lot easier to get a designer really into it and a developer if there's a big nut to crack a big problem to solve and if we change a model where we are maybe moving away from the challenge and you know going okay with with the templates then are we are we losing that challenge are we and then are we worrying about attrition are we worrying about losing the excitement in our in our teams um, or, or do you even have the choice? The industry, yeah. the, the the whole industry is going to make that decision. The clients are going to make that decision, mm-hmm. right? Because the only thing that designers or developers hate worse than a boring project is not getting paid. Yeah. Right. And and sometimes we forget. And you know, I, I went off on this recently, but but we forget that we're in business. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And you know, I I have to give it up to Richard for always saying, are you a hobby or are you a business? You know? Cause the first time he said that, I was like, Oh, I'm a hobby. <laughs> you know, I, I realized that it was like, I, I don't want to take certain types of work. I would rather yeah. suffer. I don't have a CFO, you know, I, all these types of things. But, but the reality is we're in business to do whatever it is we can do the best that people will pay us money for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we do have to enjoy it or else we'll die inside and eventually we won't be good at what we do. But I don't think, I think in its heyday, we could change the model and things were fine because there was so much work. And I think this is totally cyclical. I think everything will come back. We're in a, a phase of consolidation and the strong will survive and the people that are really good and nice and, and do great work will survive. Same thing with conferences, hmm. same thing with theme shops, same things with search, same things with social, the whole industry. I've talked to so many people, they're all feeling this. And, uh, and I just think that, you know, once we come up on the other side of it, you know, there, there'll be some changes, but I think some of the original thought will come back out too. Mm-hmm. Uh, one interesting yeah. thing that, uh, I, I was, uh, sharing some emails with Trent Walton over at Paravel and we were talking about design in 2015 and this sort of stuff. He talks about how they've started doing more in the way of design systems, right? Like helping people understand what the different elements are going to be and how they're interact, uh, regardless of what the device may be. I think that may, Trent may be right on the, the edge of what we'll be doing next year and, and where we're heading, you know? And if we can integrate these elements into the templates, you know, the elements are a hell of a lot more important. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. But definitely, I think there's changes on the horizon, gentlemen. <laughs> I think you said it earlier in the same show. This stuff isn't new. Yeah. Um, I mean, Carl, you, you didn't. You were just throwing out some numbers there, and, and man, we're getting old, brother. But like, I mean, I've been in this since like '91. Started out doing print design and stuff. I remember the same conversations, right? When everybody was like, "Do I need to learn this web stuff?" You know, it's, it's the same. It's the same conversations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Gene, we're, there hasn't been a full service agency in 14 years. I know. I was there when we decided they were all dead. You shut the last Jeez. one down. I did. I did pretty much. Yeah, yeah. I remember that. 
However, there's still about 12 here in Jacksonville. We <laughs> <laughs> did not get the memo that full-service yeah. agencies are dead. We have about nine of them here in Columbia. I'm oh, sure geez. web shops are dying off, and there will be none in three months, except for the thousands that still yeah. persist. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. exactly. Yeah. We've, been, uh, we've been talking lately about the concept of building the machine that makes the machine. And when we're building applications or sites, we're not building pages. We're building this overarching system that then the product of it is the deliverable, the app or the, the site. And, uh, and I, I like it. I was, on, I was listening to an earnings call because I'm a dork for uh, Tesla. And Elon Musk said, made the statement that it takes longer to make the machine that makes the machine than the machine itself. And there's a lot more of a thoughtful process behind doing something like that than just going in and, oh, I'm designing navigation now. Like, yeah, I'm going to step back and I'm not going to design navigation. I'm going to design a system that produces navigation. Yeah, I think that's a way we've been thinking about design for a while. Mm -hmm. I, at least personally, it's we're building out a system and then we're trying to teach people how to use that system. And a lot of what we're supplying is it's not uniquely designed pages. It's examples of the system being applied. Well, yeah, and, and I think that's going to be increasingly important as we move to an even more multi-device world, you know, as now everyone has a desktop and a laptop and a tablet and a phone and glasses and a watch and a shoe. And, you know, we're all watching <laughs> Internet shows. We're watching season seven of House of Cards on our socks um, that the, the building the tools that, that build out the work is, you know, and building strong design systems is going to be more important, mm -hmm. more important than ever. And I, and I think the notion of each of these screens as a screen that I go on to see screen things is fading already. Um, Apple just released their uh, the human interface guidelines for for WatchKit and for you Apple Watch. You bring up Apple like it's, every it's, show. It's, 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 a sp it's our special, you know, it's my special feature. It's my, my gift. Um, <laughs> gift, yep. There, and there's a one little line in there that I thought was really interesting, which is um, – they encourage uh, designers to design to the very furthest pixel to the edge. Um, because of the way the hardware is built, you don't really see a clear difference between the edge of where the display ends and the, and the, be the black bezel begins. Uh, so I say design out to the edge because, you know, we want to build this, uh, fade that line between the software and the hardware itself. We're just getting designed objects. And if we're building a strong system, we can send out, our design ideas across all these objects without thinking about, I've got 10,000 screens. It's just people are going to expect the design, the product, the content, wherever they are, without worrying about the, the object itself. Mm. So my response to death of original design would be that we just need to design something else. Let's design the system that produces the, the design. What about the grid? So have you guys looked at this thing? <laughs> yeah. The the <laughs> It's still a template system. Exactly. I'm but... The marketing is phenomenal. The The video is amazing. Yeah, sure. They, somebody finally nailed the hard part of selling that, which is to sell it, not to actually make it functional. Yeah. Which is basically say, put all your content in a bucket, dump your bucket on here, and we'll make it beautiful. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it'll be interesting, though, because you know what? Somebody's coming after the templates now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so, so we fall even further behind or off to the side. It's a different market. I don't think we're falling behind. I mean, from the first day I had, I started working, I worked with engineers primarily at the beginning, uh, like back-end software developers, and they just kept on telling me about, oh, oh yeah, design's dead. Don't worry. We're building machines that will solve that for you. And I mean, like, you mean solve that? <laughs> you mean solve my occupation? Great. But they've gotten no closer no matter how much they tell me they're getting closer to it. So. No, you're right. I totally agree. <laughs> like things like the grid don't worry me at all. Now, what is the grid? I haven't seen it. 
We we passed it around a while ago. I don't listen to things that you say or, or send around. But here's the thing: they have thousands of people have sent ninety six dollars. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> for something that's going to launch in spring. Um, I happen to have a slight connection in to the the company. Mm. Not enough that I can talk to somebody at the company um, <laughs> because they're real quiet, man. I'm sure. I don't know why. I don't know why, but they don't want to talk about it. I, I got a good um, idea of why they're quiet. <laughs> yeah, but I really want to see this thing roll out. I mm. do. And and you know it's funny because think about how many companies went to just having Facebook pages. Yeah. Oh yeah. That, yeah. that became their website. That's another thing to look at, right? Yeah. Some small companies have done that, and you know that works for them. Yeah. They suddenly could could just launch and go, and you know what? They were never going to have a thousand dollars to bring to the table mm-hmm. yeah. to do anything and so that, that kind of helped them out and who knows who knows where they go from there yeah but I mean, it's, it's uh it's, it's funny to see the grid come in up here and then you got facebook kind of down here with the templates in the middle mm-hmm. i don't know yeah mm-hmm. well something with facebook that always bugged me and it's not facebook it's they were the first ones i saw on a big scale but you get it with yelp too um there's an advantage for a small business to say okay i don't need a website i'm just on here but you start to see it happen in large large companies and i I don't know, you'd see a movie trailer for like a multi-million dollar movie. It's the Avengers, whatever it is. And at the end, there isn't a URL that says, you know, mm-hmm. Avengers.com. It's like a Facebook icon slash Avengers or hashtag yeah. Avengers. And oh, man. It drives me a little crazy because I, I recognize that, okay, that trailer is only relevant for 18 months tops, you know, and then maybe someday years later people are looking back like, oh, yeah, I remember that trailer. But really it's a marketing tool in the moment. What about the Space Jam website? Oh, the Space Jam website's still up. That's amazing. That's a wonderful little time capsule from 96, I think. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, when people sort of abandon the URL, abandon the ownership, they they, they lose ownership, right? But that's been going on since AOL. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, keyword. I mean, but I agree with you. But the keyword thing was just like, what? Yeah. I don't get it. We yeah. go in and out and in and out of closed system, open system, closed system, open system. And it, I don't yeah. think there's a natural good thing. I think there are wonderful things about closed systems, and but that the natural ebb is that the, 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 the river is the, uh, is the open system and that you go on these little streams for closed systems temporarily yeah. and then they just sort of remerge back with the, mm. with the or, river. Or unfortunately, in, in our industry, they just go away. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Oh, and that's and that's the big risk. You're, you're actually putting yourself into this other closed system, and then it just disappears. And all of that content you've been throwing for years and like years flash. and years into there, it, you can't really port it. I mean, anymore. Jeremy Keith has an amazing talk about that that, mm-hmm. that I saw recently, and he talks about when um, you know these systems just go away. Yeah, and that history of the web is gone. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at what was happening with uh, TwitPic recently, and they were they were yeah. just going to shut down, and all those pictures gone, all those links to those pictures gone, yeah. references yeah. that might rely on the visual information in those pictures completely destroyed. Was it GeoCities he was talking about, Gene? Which yeah, site was he yeah, talking about? GeoCities specifically was what he. And was. everybody, everybody was saying, "Well, those were ugly. They were this. They were that." Well, you know what? The caveman drawing on the wall wasn't exactly Rembrandt, but we like to see it because that was when we were learning the tools. We were learning the craft. It was human expression, yeah. And like you, you see all that stuff go away. So, so that becomes part of it, too. When we start to see these templates, right, mm. it's like that original idea and original thought starts to get melded into just what's been accepted or easy. I, I really think the easy side of it, and I'm guilty of this. You know, I'll just say it before I call anybody else out. 
it is easy to diffuse a client by saying this is a best practice or this is what research shows and not really think about it because you <laughs> yeah. don't like the client or you don't think their product has a shot or you know, whatever I mean, it might be. And you're just like, you're just like, happens, you know what, I guess according yeah. to best practice, we should go ahead and just put this over here with a gray button. <laughs> with yeah, a gray button. Exactly. Yeah. Hey. According to best practice, you should shut down. You shouldn't be a company. <laughs> I used to do that with billing. Well, billing best practice is 90% up front, and we just adhere to best practices. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, why would, why would you argue with this? That's just the way things are done. Yeah. It, mm. I didn't pick this. It's what the industry does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 90% up front. Yeah. A Let good friend of mine, that is the way their shop works. They go 90 10, two what? payments. <laughs> you got to be really, really good, Gene. Uh, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you were talking about my firm anyway. So, <laughs> I've but, never used Gene Crawford and firm in the same sentence. I'm yeah. pretty sure. <laughs> hey, that, listen, <laughs> we'll we'll see we'll see how that works out. Yeah, <laughs> I'm hundreds of miles away. Bring it, Crawford. <laughs> this is pretty great video, but it's I going wish into it was, questionable audio territory. I wish it was video so we could just fade out on Carl's middle finger. Yeah.